When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hello, Tremendous fans. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and we talk with leaders from all ages and stages of their life about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And I have an incredibly special guest today. Her name is Lisa Mishner. Lisa, welcome. Hi. I want to tell you a little bit about this fabulous woman you're about to hear from. So Lisa Mishner, she is the chief communications and marketing officer at a large financial planning firm and has been there for 11 years. Lisa is a lover of all things food and an avid horror movie fan, a stand-up comedy enthusiast. She loves to travel. She adores her four rescue kitties at home, and you cannot pry her off the dance floor if you try. I love it, Lisa. I read that. I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. We must connect in person, okay? And she also loves spending time with family and friends. That is her most valued venture of all these, and she tries to embody, and I can tell you this, she does, an attitude of gratitude every single day. Lisa, just thank you for the honor of getting to share with my listeners. Thank you so much for having me today. The honor is mine. Thank you. You're welcome. And I like to tell people how we connected because as my father said, you're going to be the same person five years from now, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And Lisa and I connected. Let's see. It was the beginning of, let's see, was it July? I think it was the beginning of July. And she had signed up. I'm on the American College of Financial Services, their veteran board, but I'm also an adjunct professor for their CLF, their Chartered Leadership Fellow Program. And Lisa signed up to take the CLF because she wants to hone her leadership chops. And I talked to her about the podcast and she graciously agreed to come on. So I just can't be more excited. Me too. I am so excited for this. And you know, at first when you mentioned it, I thought, Maybe I want to do that. I wonder if she really was serious and wanted a guest from our class. And I asked, and here I am. I love <laughs> so. it. And to our listeners out there, Lisa said yes. And that's one of the things that leaders do. You're going to get a lot of opportunities out there. And sometimes you think, oh, I don't know if I have great people, like teachers. And people say, well, I don't know if I have anything to offer. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you have so much to offer. So I'm excited, Lisa, to hear your perspective, because we have a lot of different people on here. And of course, my father loved the industry that you were in. He retired from it. My husband's retired from it. And the financial planning industry is fabulous because it enables people people to live out and plan for their dreams. So my dad talked about the price of leadership. Leadership and motivation are the two things he spoke about the most. And he has a book, one of our little life-changing classics called The Price of Leadership. And in it, he talked about four things 
that every person that is truly a leader, not just a leader in name only, is going to have to pay. And the first of those is loneliness. And that's not a thing we like to hear. You know, it's lonely at the top or heavy is the head that wears the crown. But Lisa, can you share throughout your life, your career, a time in your life where you perhaps went through a season of loneliness, what you did about it, and maybe some words of counsel that you might give to our listeners? Yeah. So actually, you know, it's funny how timing and the universe and everything kind of aligns sometimes. So the past, I'm going to say like year and a half-ish, has probably been on the personal side, the most I have spent kind of alone in the sense of just me, myself, my kids, in that capacity and transcending from a personal standpoint to a business standpoint and such can be really, you know, a lot of things feed back to relational You are in a business that, you know, is very fast paced and things can go quick. And from a loneliness perspective, it can be both. It can be a positive self-imposed loneliness to where you're kind of forced to be alone with these thoughts and be alone with these visions and these exciting ideas and things like that. It's not always from a negative standpoint. You know, we really hear the word loneliness and have this negative connotation to where it's not okay to just be by yourself sometimes. And it's not okay to just explore things that you enjoy, things that you relax with, things that you find beauty in. So I think from a personal standpoint, I've had a lot of loneliness from a positive perspective that kind of was not forced upon me, but I didn't choose to walk into at first. And it's been one of the greatest blessings. So I feel like from a business standpoint, also getting to explore a little bit more in this leadership category and a little bit more the possibilities from a business standpoint, because a lot of times we feel that we are in this box to where we don't have anywhere to go once we kind of either level up in a position or kind of do what we can. And that's just not always true in so many, so many positions. You know, I know a lot of places, there isn't a lot of room for growth or there's lateral movement and things, but from a perspective of internal growth, I feel like loneliness at times can just kind of really push us to that next level. And even just speaking about this opportunity on this podcast with you, I didn't know I could do it or if I couldn't do it. And until you kind of push yourself a little bit to see out of those boxes and a lot of, little bit of what you can and can't do, that's kind of where that growth, where that beauty, where that magic starts to happen. And I feel like loneliness is given a bad rap <laughs> in some ways. It really is. And even, you know, reading this, reading those, those four headlines, that's what I thought in your father's book before I delved into it. I thought, you know what? These are kind of some negative items until I kind of stopped and thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm really learning so much from a portion of loneliness right now in such a positive way that I don't think that that's really talked about enough. And I think it's really said enough on how much we have within us. So there are so many beautiful, wonderful people around us and that nobody ever takes their place, whether it's friends, family, people you meet anywhere. But from a standpoint of loneliness and getting to, not even having to, but getting to be kind of alone with yourself is so much, there's so much beauty in that as well. And so much growth and just translating that into your business and into your everyday, because a lot of it isn't just based on your ideas for black and white, for metrics, things like that. It's also the people around you, how you present yourself. And if you come better and looking for betterment and growth, that is how people are going to receive you. And it just goes from there. 
So listeners out there, if you're in a season of loneliness, Lisa, you said it so beautifully. If you're lonely, you're doing something wrong. Okay, well, maybe you're going to be one of those one in a million people that always has the right people around you your whole life, marries the right person, has perfect kids, has perfect bosses. Then there's the rest of us. Where, <laughs> that is the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about that, where you're going to have to do it. But you said that it is a perfect time. And I have a friend going through a personal life crisis right now. And she's like, I don't know how I'll handle being alone. And I'm like, but having been alone for 25 years up until recently, it is a time of beauty. It is a time where you can get to know yourself. And it is a time like you're in the CLF and you're talking with other leaders. I mean, we unpacked some pretty heavy things. There's always somebody else going through it to help let you know you're not actually really alone. But as you said, it's the chance you get to work on yourself and say, okay, because with all that noise going on, otherwise it's just such busyness. And that's not the good side effect of of what we need to get to our purest voice. And a lot of times we don't choose to walk ourselves into that season of our life. You know, whether you believe in God, whether it's the universe, whatever, you know, sometimes as I have needed a couple of times in the past couple of years, you need kind of picked up, shook off, turned around, spun around and dropped back down a little bit of pace, a little bit of a bumpy landing to really, you know, start to unravel that those internal thoughts that can lead to such growth. Well, you also talked, again, saying yes to this podcast. Loneliness also means you were the one that stood out and said yes. So technically, you're lonely because out of all the people that got asked, and I asked a lot of different people, loneliness is sometimes you may be the only one that says, I'll do it. I'll volunteer to do it. So it's something about us. The masses just likes to kind of stick together. I call it Mount Majority. Well, let's just stay in Mount Majority. Everything's good here. But you step out and you may be the only one. You may be alone, but that's different than a negative loneliness because somebody's got to step up and say yes. And you did. Thank you. And thank you for asking me. And that's kind of one of the things, you know, your dad touched on saying the committee, I think he referred to it as. And with the committee, and that was likened everything to a double-edged sword. You know, in my life, I always say, choose your heart, or there's pros and cons to everything in that nature. And of course, you want a committee, you want people around you, you want people in that, but you also sometimes need to step out of that, Mm -hmm. to step back into it in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. That in that um, way of leadership and teaching people how you want to be treated from a personal standpoint. And you're setting the tone. You really are for yourself and for those around you. So... And you said it, it's a season. You may step into it, but the goal as a leader, if you're going through it, you shouldn't be there. You know what I'm saying? Unless you really have a hard lesson. As I always say, God lets you there because it's a purity problem or an immaturity problem. So you're being chat, your iron sharpens iron. If you go through a season of it, it will be for a time till you get that clarity, till you brush off, till you look in the mirror and say, no, this is what I really want. But then you come out of it. All these things he talks about, it's not forever. It's the valley. And the valley means that eventually there's a bottom and then you start eventually coming back up again. So I like that you said step in and out of it because you're going to have it throughout your whole life. But as you get older, you get a lot more adept at it. And it doesn't, you honestly kind of look forward to it because you know, this is going to be a time of refinement and reflection. And it's a good thing. That is so, so, so powerful because it's so true. The universe puts quite a bit on you, leads you to these pain points, these things to work through. Choose a little bit of challenge and challenge yourself within it is just like walking through, choosing to walk through the eye of the storm and to grow through it as opposed to kind of dodging these these windstorms and tumbleweeds and then you're circling back to it later and, you know, taking that head on and really 
embracing that growth as it comes. And, you know, your skin gets a little thicker. Each it time. does. <laughs> and Charles says that you get a, a thick skin and a soft heart rather yeah. than a thin skin and a hard heart. That's yeah. what loneliness, loneliness can be your friend and boy, it can teach you a lot because bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. So the sooner you can just go, okay, it is what it is. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to turn. And I think you said this earlier, something positive is going to come out of this. And we define that season of loneliness to be probably one of the greatest times of growth we've ever had. And that's the current season I'm in. So that's why I am embracing these new challenges and leadership options and things like that. So thank you. And that's such a good time. When I went back for my PhD seven, eight years ago, I was so burnout and done with everything and feeling untremendous. I thought, well, I'm just going to go back and go to school. Sometimes if you're in a season of loneliness, that's the best time to do it because you're just so tired. I was so burnout on doing stuff and my health and my relationships and my finances, everything was in tatters. And I thought, I'm just going to go study. And so I just got my mind in a space of growth. Everything else I touched was turning to crap. So let's at least study. And if you're in a season of loneliness, a learning can really pull you out of it because as I was recharging my mind, then all of a sudden my emotions and my behaviors started aligning. And that's what really pulled out in all areas of my life. I went through about a four-year evolution process that because of the learning process that I started. Totally agree. And that's just, I try to envision seeing a lot of myself in you and, you know, pulling from your opportunity and growth and things like that. And, you know, why not me to be able to do this right now? Why not me? And from a business standpoint, why not me from a personal standpoint? I think a lot of us really have this self-imposed kind of negative self-talk and that's where we kind of stay stagnant. And that's why we don't allow ourselves and everybody around us, nobody has as many negative things to say as we think. And that internal <laughs> voice, you know, we think that everybody's like, oh my gosh, she can't do it. And why even do it? And it's really ourselves and bursting and helping people to help us. Well, we talked about loneliness. That was beautiful discussion. Thank you. Thank you, sister, so much for that. Lisa, he talks about weariness. And you're juggling a lot. I'm juggling a lot. We're managing all the different aspects of our life. You got family, friends, you've got your career, you got your rescue kitties. We have our spiritual life, we have our personal life, you've got your financial life. How do you stay in top form with all the demands going on? So I'm a big advocate for mental health. And I still think in today's day and age, we don't put anywhere near enough emphasis on that as a society, as a community, as human beings, understanding that everybody is going through something every single day. And all of our stories look so different. I don't have any human children. I don't have a spouse. I don't have things like that to worry about. There are so many people that juggle children and families and careers and everything, and they're exhausted. I cannot imagine what they go through each and every day. I always say, I'm a tired gal. I like to nap. I like to rest. I like to recharge. And, you know, my mom always taught me to listen to your body and to rest when you need to rest. And I think that's a common misconception when we feel weary that, you know, we either lay down and die or we have to push through and be this warrior and this Spartan and just There is an in-between. There is a rest for your body, rest for your mind, rest for your soul. I really do think that rest and mental health and things like that are not spoken about enough or actually put in a positive light enough mm -hmm. because we're programmed to, oh, you can do it. Just push through it. You can, everybody else has done it. Everybody else can do it with even more on their plate. Why can't you? 
So I think that seeing behind everybody is going through something behind their eyes every single day and knowing it's all different is something that kind of brings us back to unite us as well, because everybody's story is so different, but hey, everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a rest. So that weariness, leaning into it a little bit and resting and doing things to recharge ourselves is what's needed. It's not necessarily, again, we're going to talk about changing things from negative to positive, but it's not a negative thing that we need some downtime. And, you know, one of the things we talk about different carrots that enthuse people or that are really good goals or help you to kind of do your every day and do it better. And one of those for me is traveling. So I like to always have a trip on the books, small trip, long weekend, something with the girls, just anything like that on the books to kind of be that carrot for me. So I'm just kind of trudging through to get to that trip. Like, oh, I just need to get there. How many days? I am kind of filling that time and compartmentalizing what I can achieve within there and then rewarding myself. So we had a coach at work and we still have him actually. And one of the things that I love that he said was to not goal jump. You know, we're going to reach these goals from a personal standpoint. We're going to be tired. We're going to be afraid. We're going to we're going to do it anyway. And when we get these, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate these goal posts. We're not just going to whiz by them because we have more to do. And we're not just going to stop because we've reached these goals. Before we get to this personal, this S, this next level of the S curve, we're going to stop and we're going to acknowledge. And I think that really helps with the weariness and the burnout and, you know, things that really drag you down and having something that really makes you feel alive. And having that on the books, if it's going to get Chinese food and watching the sunset, which I do often, and then just going there and kind of sitting and relaxing and watching the people and reading a book and things like that. If it's going on a trip, if it's doing something for yourself, a class that you've been putting off or anything like that, it could be so, so many things. I love to watch crime shows at night. I love to eat snacks and watch crime shows for hours at night. And some people say, oh, you know, TV and you could be reading a book and you could be doing this, you could be doing that. And there's time for those things. But sometimes it is time for snacks and crime shows and stand-up comedy. (laughs) That's just some things just put you in a better mood and it can be as low-key and as small as watching a TV show that you like. So it really is stopping and kind of realizing and you're here. You get to be here and you get to choose what you want to do to bring a smile to your face. Yes. Or the opposite of that. If you need a good cry, if you need a good moment of anger to really be and sit with that and feel it, experience it. So I think that those all combat that we're in that dragging us down type of deal. You really said it with the mental health. What you're describing is really mindfulness. And just being very present, whether it be a vacation. And there are times like you, I do the same thing. Well, because I could work 24-7. I really could. That's just the pace I run at. And for leaders, you have to realize not everybody can do that. I got that from my dad. I got the genetic go forever gene from my dad. But that's not everybody. And we still have to take time. But I love that. And it was very purposeful. One of my courses was you have to Sabbath and stop always looking forward. Be present, celebrate where you are. And then I get to go, look how blessed I am. Yes, there's 50 million things still up there. Otherwise, you never stop and get to enjoy what you've done. You're always running to the next thing in future you. And that's really, that's hard on your body. And that manifests everywhere. You know, when your mental health is poor, when you don't feel good, 
that really comes yes. through from a physical standpoint. And it did for me. I had with like a chronic, it wasn't, it was my adrenal gland was shot. I thought it was chronic fatigue, but it was just, I was it. I was done. And I had to sleep 23 hours a day instead of run 24 hours a day until my body said, we're not doing this anymore. So okay. you just got to be very mindful of that. Time for a little rest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Not all action activities, good activities. Some of it is just it, but it always depletes and you got to recharge. I love that you love to travel. I know that's such a great rich. I'm sure rescuing is a good thing for you too. Yes. So my kitties, actually, I had um, six cats and one dog. I am down to four cats right now. So we're staying steady at that. We're not, we're not getting more right now. They're all elderly. My oldest one needs some dental work this coming week. <laughs> but yes, animals are such joy. They're just pure joy. They're work too. They're a lot of work that people kind of skip on over. They're a lot of work. And they really just bring so, so, so much to our lives. Well, they do. And, and they talk, some people are like, oh, the work. And I'm like, well, then don't. But for me, I'm like you. The high point of my day is anytime I go into my two little Aussie puppies and I unlock the crate and they come flying out at me. And I don't care what kind of a day it is. I'm just like, oh, I'm just... I love it. I love it. People probably think I'm a nut if my neighbors could hear me because I walk through the door. I kid you not. Every single day. And they're always laying when I'm on the couch when I get home. And I say, ladies, gentlemen, your mother's home. <laughs> Do you tell them how hard you work? That's what I tell them. I'm like, mommy has to go bring home the bacon so you guys can live the life. You just lay here. Let mommy take care of you, you know? Lobster mac and cheese flavored treats. I'm like, okay, mommy's got to work hard tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. That's beautiful. And it gives us great joy. And we help rescuers because, boy, that's a wearisome job, you know, just going after animal after animal and deplorable. And it never ends, but they never stop. And a lot of them do that with their own finances. And so people like us, somebody's got to take them, you know, otherwise the whole system gets jammed up. So I always thank people like, I'm always like, well, listen, somebody's got to help alleviate the fosters and the rescue organization. Somebody has to help them. And if you can help them, help them. They are just on another level. They really are in their commitment and they're just, yeah, personal, just outpouring. It's unreal. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so loneliness, weariness. Now, speaking of animals, the next thing my dad talked about was abandonment, which in the animal kingdom and the rescue world is a big no-no. And we've heard about that fear of abandonment, people that suffer from attachment issues or have been abandoned as a child or had somebody divorce walk out on them. But that's not the abandonment he was talking about. And he was talking about the things that we need to abandon that we like and want to do in favor of what we ought and need to do. And I can remember my dad telling me, Tracy, because I'm like, you're so successful. How'd you get so successful? And he's like, Tracy, I do more in a day to contribute to my failure than my success. And I'm like, how's that even possible? And he goes, if you really are honest with yourself and really keep, it's just being meticulous and honest with yourself about, now, yes, you have to have downtime, okay? But I mean, honest about, hey, is this really the best and highest use of my time? This book, this partner, this habit, this whatever, so with juggling everything, you can't juggle everything because we're not Wonder Woman and something will drop or we'll hurt ourselves, compromise ourselves physically. But how do you stay really finely tuned and focused on what you need to do to move your life forward? So one of the first things I will say that I'm kind of enacting over the last couple of years a little bit more is simply saying no to something. As funny as it sounds, it's a little bit of forward-thinking feature because when you say no, it's not because you don't wish to do something with somebody, you don't wish to spend the time. It could be an amazing event. It could be something like that. 
But, you know, you forward think a little bit to yourself when that time comes. And I always start to try to do this habit is how am I going to feel when it comes time to do this, to do this event, to do this option? Because I've learned over the years, if I say yes every single time, and when it comes time to do it, and I am not joyful about doing it any longer, like I said, whether that's an event, whether it's a party, whether it could even be, you know, something philanthropic, you just don't have the capacity for every single thing you want to do. So when that time comes, how am I going to feel? Am I going to feel excited three weeks from now at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday when I said yes to doing this? Or am I going to think, you know what, you should have thought about it a little harder a few weeks ago. So that's been kind of my pullback is kind of to stop and think before I just say yes, because it's something I probably will end up enjoying. Because unfortunately, we can't just base everything on enjoyment and that type of deal. So that's been my current thought process. That's really good. I mean, I'm getting better at that because there's something about saying yes. 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 I like time. Well, Tracy, could you take over this? Yes. I like saying yes. And then I'm like, what have I done? I love that you said, how am I going to feel when that happens? So think about it. And that is a really, I mean, I think in the back of my mind, I was doing in that, but I really like this because we get asked to do, I tell people at least half the stuff I do is either volunteer, at least half, probably more philanthropic or something that's not quote, a lever to pull for the business. So, Mm -hmm. you know, business, of course, you're going to say yes to because you're running your business, but I really like that. How am I going to feel? And you catch people that say yes to something and then they're like, why did I say yes to that? Or then they grouse. And I tell people, listen, but if you did say yes, you have to do it with joy. And then next time, don't say yes. Because my friend Lisa said, ask yourself, how am I going to feel? Yep. And <laughs> that's a really good one. Second of our time, if we choose to, you know, it's not going to benefit us. It's not going to behoove us to be just worn out and not excited about the things we actually do want to do. And, you know, I have a couple of friends that like to try to, I say, trick me uh, or trick people and say, oh, what are you doing on this date at this time? I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm doing on that. <laughs> you know what you're talking about? Because honestly, you know, to lay it all out up front, that's just kind of how I am as I just want to know the black and white of it first. It's not always from a feeling standpoint, because I fast forward to several weeks from now and I thought, you know, and I said, yes, and I'd rather be at Rogue on my couch right now. You know, that's okay. Enough of an answer for myself. So I love, <laughs> I love that. That's really, really great. And that really will help you even partnering with somebody, working with a particular, like even with a particular author or a meeting planner. I already get a sense how this is going to go and if it's going to be a joy or if it's going to be not so joyful. And so it really gives you, I like that just to say, hey, is this really going to be edifying for both of you? Or is this going to be a real pain in the neck? I like that. And there's the opposite side of that coin as well. And it is saying yes to things. You're kind of hemming and hawing and you're not sure. And your future self will thank you for that. When you set yourself up for success in that, that coming right. time, things like that. So I think the term abandonment, it could be abandoning these things or it could be leaning into these other things. It just depends on how your perception of that. Right. Because abandonment, as you said, could be from a personal standpoint, it could be deep rooted internally, there could be things that trigger, you know, people in this form of from a business standpoint from anything else, but also abandoning these negative thoughts, these negative notions, these things that we always say yes to, even if they're positive. So abandonment can also be spun into a positive light. 
Right. Well, or something you need to let go to embrace the future. You can't have two jobs typically because one employee, you can't be double-minded. So, or even negative thought. I can't have negative and positive thoughts in my mind at the same time. Pick a lane. And so I love that you talked about if you get to it, abandonment means no, we're done with that. And then you can free yourself up and be open and talk about your future self thanking you. I look at things I let go and I'm like, it's always tough because it's a death. Even if it's a bad friend or a bad marriage or a bad job, you're still ending something. And that's hard because there's an element of failure or insecurity or scariness. But to take that next step, you have to let go of how things, what you were doing before, if you really want a Because I'll ask that people when I'm working with them. Well, in the future, and I go, okay, what are you going to change? Because what if this is still going on in a year? Well, it won't. Okay, but what are you going to stop doing? I don't know. Well, then it's, you're going to be getting the same thing in a year. So abandonment in that sense, just like loneliness is a very, it's a pruning. It's a cutting away of the dead, diseased, or dying. And we constantly, as we're evolving, we always have to be looking at that and doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm glad you touched on that with having too many things going on, being by myself a lot more, being able to kind of cultivate a lot of these ideas that I didn't even know I had, to be very frank, you know, taking notes and different things and, and having ideas for businesses and all different things going through my head. And sometimes I'm somebody who can't have too many balls in the air. So sometimes I need to go ahead and establish this timeline, establish these items, abandon these other items for a short time. Maybe I'll come back to them, you know, and really hone in because I can do several things. Well, I can't do 17 things. Well, keep that going. So, yes, I think that's the point. And sometimes even as women, we're like, oh, we have to do it all. No, stop. Now, don't play that martyr thing, okay? No, sometimes people do it, I think, because they they like that. But I'm like, but that's not good. And it, like I said, if you're going to do 17 things and do them with joy, but that's really, it's not feasible. So yeah, mm-hmm. you need to abandon some of those things, <laughs> like thinking you can do it all. But some people, that's just the joy of getting to tell everybody they're doing everything. But I digress. All right, back to the price of leadership. The last thing you talked about, Lisa, was vision. And I can remember I sat growing up with like the Ken Blanchard, the Norman Vincent Peels. So I'm like, man, these guys are visionaries. And I was like, I don't think I'm a visionary. And my dad was always like, yeah, you are, Tracy. It's just seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So there was a very strategic, but also a tactical aspect. And I'm like, oh, now that I can do. He's like, yeah. So Lisa, how do you hone your vision for what's next in your life and these ideas that are coming up? And how does that fit into the Lisa of the next 5, 10, 15 years? So I actually, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking and reflecting and things like that. And I didn't know back when I was very small, you know, my mom is such a strong, strong woman. You know, if I can be a fraction of the woman that she is in my entire life, you know, I will be winning and doing something right. She is just Yeah. So I didn't know she was cultivating this seed inside me since I was very, very little of watching her, you know, and having the strength and being able to do what people don't think you can do. You know, she just did it and she did it with grace and she never, ever put her problems on other people. So that's one of the things that I make sure that I try not to my, and it's not a matter of not sharing with people, but it's a matter of not letting your own learning and your own negativity and things, you know, spill onto others. And that was one of the things that she really, really made sure, you know, even when hard things happen to her and a lot of hard things happen to her, it wasn't anybody else's fault. And I think that's such a a strong foundation that starting out when I was younger, you can do things, you can do this, put your mind to, you can do these things. And then as I got a little older, a lot of it was situational. 
So when I had a job and the people around me, you know, would say, you, you can do this or like to interview for this position or things like that. So kind of little things that build your confidence that you find out you can do as you go. And then it's crazy how I kind of got into this position because I didn't have the experience that I thought I thought for sure I was never going to get this position ever. And, you know, the, it was the wildest interview I've ever had because they were basically, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to ask me about all my previous experience. I'm going to have to tell them I don't have any. It's going to be a sad time and I'm going to walk out the door. And it's going to be hard, but I'm going to go through this. I'll learn from it. But their questions being, are you loyal? Are you adaptable? Can you, can you move in a fast-paced environment, environment and can you move with grace? You know, this is going to be hard. We have a lot of amazing clients. Are there things that I'm thinking, okay, yes, yes, yes. But when are we going to get to the questions that I'm going to have to say no to? And they never got to those questions that I had to say no to. And it was just the most eye-opening experience. And I'm thinking like, because I'd never had any corporate experience before in that realm. So I'm thinking like, huh, this was just must be a one-off. This must be, I don't know, this isn't going to be the position that I thought. I'm only going to be here a short time because I don't even know what I'm doing. And that was the biggest positive thing I've said yes to. And the people around me, I can't explain to you my work family, their strength and leadership. It's giving me goosebumps right now. Like they are who have believed in me and just pushed me to that next level to help me push myself. So that vision comes from them. And it comes from me and it comes from this circular movement of us bouncing these ideas and these passions and these actually caring about each other as humans of each other over and over every single day. So my personal vision bleeds into the business vision that bleeds back into my personal vision. And then it just things that seemed so far away, unattainable, unachievable, but great things to talk about. We've seen from a business standpoint come to fruition, and we're only, you know, the first couple steps of this ceilingless ladder. <laughs> so to see that and to see it be real from a personal standpoint has really, you know, stopped and made me think, as I said earlier, why not me? You know, there are so many people and so many famous celebrities, and they always are all this interviews and things. And, you know, why did you think you could do it? And they just thought, so many people around me. Why not me? Why can't I go? And I had that same negative self-talk. Why? Why would I be the one to go for it? You know, why would I push myself? Why would I be somebody who would be a leader who would be in these positions and not somebody else? What about somebody more qualified, more experienced? And at the end of the day, they're not you. They're not me. So we all bring such different things to the table. And it's really, really funny because I always say, I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, you don't even know this has happened for 11 and a half years straight. And it happens to me every single day and every morning. It's like a roller coaster. In the very early morning, I start to think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get everything done? How am I going to be able to you know, have the knowledge? have the experience? How am I going to conquer the tasks that I need to, the clients I need to speak with, what needs to happen? How am I going to do this? Then it moves into this a little bit more negative. You know, there are a million people who are more qualified than me, who have more experience than me, who work for, you know, a Fortune 100 company who can do this. Mm -hmm. And then by mid-morning, I'm getting a little bit of a stride and I'm like, okay, I'm doing, I'm getting things done. I'm doing this. By early afternoon, I'm like, okay, I'm here. And by late afternoon, I'm like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. They are as lucky to have me as I am to have them. And I leave with a sigh and the whole thing starts the next morning. And, you know, I think it is 
Some people would say that's not healthy. I would tend to disagree because I think that you need a level of leveling, a level of humility, a level of understanding how many amazing people there are. Amazing. I mean, you can gather just from being in our class, uh, the people around me, amazing. There could be an interaction at the grocery store. I mean, that you just gather something from somebody that sticks with you. People are just amazing to say it again. And, you know, to really think through and see the opportunity and get to as opposed to have to. That was something, you know, that has really stuck with me over the years. You get to do this every day and you get to try to be your best and you get to try to show up for people. And however that turns out for the day, knowing that you did your best and showed up as your true and real self, that's kind of where I am in my life too. And this season is that authenticity that really brings it home because there are people who aren't going to like you, aren't going to like you on a personal level, but you do from a business standpoint, you know, you can go in and pick somebody apart, somebody through a gauntlet in every way, shape and form. But I'm somebody who thrives on positive reinforcement. So if I see even a glimmer of something positive, of something like, okay, I got that. Now I can get the next thing. I can at least try. I just start to get this little bit of wind beneath my wings to help put me up. So it's just this constant, whatever you want to call it, angel, demon, shoulder, shoulder. (laughs) And it really is necessary because you really got to know how great other people are, but you really also have to believe in yourself and really commend the people around you for helping build you into who you are. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, being very authentic about that. You know, my dad was always very clear with that. He said, he's like, oh, I'm really, I'm kind of a failure too. And it wasn't like a degradation. It was a humility. He knew there were many better speakers out there. There are many people that sold more books, but I really appreciate you saying that. I also think it makes sure you never get too full of yourself and never content because you're constantly on this, okay, revert back, but I'm strong enough, but tomorrow's another day. And that, you know, when people just all of a sudden sit back and get stale, like, well, what got you there won't keep you there. So I love that you're looking about that. But I love that you talk about the vision. You are with people that you almost borrow their vision. You know what I'm saying? And now that I'm teaching in the financial planning world, I'll tell you, I now know my, why my dad loved it so much. And if I had it to do over again, although I had a great career, it just seems like your industry is because you cannot succeed if you're chewing people up and getting rid of them. And so I've never seen anything where, look, not everybody's perfect. I've been around, I understand, but it seems like in the financial planning industry, they saw you and they realize that you may not see it, but they see it in you and you were open enough to kind of like borrow their vision in you. And then there's this symbiotic relationship. Yeah, you got to have your vision. We talked about that in the CLF program. You have your individual motivations, but then you have the, it's tied to the organization. And so the fact that you at 11 plus years, 11 and a half years, every morning get up and get energized about this. This is what everybody craves. This is what all those TikTok people that say, I quit after 11 and a half minutes. I think this is what they're looking for. Maybe not. Maybe they just like making TikTok videos. I was like, I don't have TikTok, so I'm not sure what you mean. But Well, just everybody's like, I quit, I quit, I quit. My dad would say, you can't quit. You ain't done nothing yet. You know, I mean, but you go in and you're thankful. And they're just like, eh, this isn't for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, you don't even know. You haven't even tried. And But you're so willing to look at vision as a shared enterprise and realizing that vision is a shared thing. 
an organization can't be 50 different visionaries all pulling in different directions. That's crazy. But you talked about them, what they saw in you, and you were open to say again, yes. And you drew from that and allowed that to bring. I also know why you scheduled our podcast for the late afternoon. I'm glad we didn't talk in the morning. Yes, exactly. I'm a different person. (laughs) I mean, usually people sign up first thing in the morning, but that is so funny that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, it really. And I think that we blur the lines a little bit as we get a little older too, because, you know, and you hear some of these younger kids too, you know, I can't do something I'm not passionate about. Even now, I'm like, what do you mean? There's going to be a lot in life you're not. I don't like paying taxes. I don't like not eating sugar. I don't like picking up dog poop. There's going to be a lot you're going to have to do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's got to be this given, you know, in all forms of, of life and ways as you get older too, you know, it really is. And from a personal standpoint, from a vision, my goals, I have big goals that I wish to achieve. I really do want to build my home. That's been my ultimate goal for over a decade is I want to build a home for myself. And then I also, you know, it comes back to traveling too. And then just doing things for more things for my family, because just what they've done for me growing up. So having the opportunity to do that is what really pushes having that within grasp and being able to is just like, beyond measure. So that's well, your vision is tied to that your why and you're very clear. It's got enough of an emotional thing. It's personal and it's your why. And that's where my dad would always when people would be like, I don't know if I can sell anymore. And he's like, it's not a productivity thing. You have to get back to your why. So as long as you're always going back to that and that sense of gratitude you live in always keeps you there. You're there to achieve success, not just for yourself, Lisa, but for everybody else. I hear that in everything you're saying. I love it. Okay, so we covered loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Anything else that we have not touched on as far as leadership that you would like to share with our listeners? You know, I think we've touched on a whole lot, but I know I mentioned earlier, and one of the big things that just keeps rearing its head in this season of life and a lot like everything being a trade-off. So, you know, it's not necessarily in relationships. Everything is a trade-off. Business, things are a trade-off. So I think that really understanding that sometimes we trade in. I don't know if you've ever seen the meme. It's Jesus and the teddy bear. Have you ever seen that one? No. And, oh, oh, yes, I God. have. Where he's holding. Yes. he's. There's oh, a my girl. God. She's gripping this tiny little teddy bear. And she's saying, but God, I love it. And he's wanting her to give it up. And he's got a giant one behind his back, but she can't see it. And she doesn't want to let and I think that we all have that where we just grip so tightly the things that aren't good for us, aren't meant for us, but we're content enough that we want to hold on and we don't want to see what's behind his back when it could be so great. So, so, so great. And we just don't know. And that it's stepping into that unknown and crossing those waters. That's so scary. You know, I just really, that's one of the things that I really hope that more people will lean into and really recognize the power within themselves to kind of be with themselves a little bit, explore and kind of know how much that they have inside of them that can be drawn out, whether it's with the right people, the right scenario, the right situation. You know, we're not always going to be in those, not always going to be with those, as you mentioned earlier, but just kind of realizing that there's so much more inside you than, than what you think. And it can really, really be brought out with just the tiniest of things. And you can cultivate that, your own self-worth, your own just excitement. And things like that. So that's just, I really love that you said that for the listener, the tiniest of things, because some people are like, it's just going to take too much work. No. The tiniest of things. That should be your book and I'll publish it. Yes. I love that. The tiniest of things. Yeah. That's beautiful. 
I've been jotting down. It's really funny because for today's interview, I've been jotting all these random things that come to mind and things I really give myself a chance to process or kind of bring out of myself previously. And I thought, I'm just going to leave those aside and I'm going to have a conversation today. But I'm thinking in my head, like, what if I did want to make those into a book? What if I did want to do something like that in the future? And this stuff that comes to you when you don't even consider it, if that makes sense, stuff that really starts to leak out of you in the best of ways. So yeah, if you could publish my book and it here, you might appreciate it. The tiniest of things. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I appreciate it so, so, so much. This is not a tiny thing. This is a very large thing. But oh, really- Lisa, thank you. Well, like I said, our connection, it was a phenomenal class. And just the connections that we had and you learning and getting to read your papers, nothing will get you to know somebody like when they write about what they're going through and just such a joy to watch and so impressive. And your mama must be so proud of you. Thank you so much. It's so funny because she goes, you wanted to write papers? She's like... <laughs> In this many years, I've never seen you excited to write. Isn't it beautiful? Listen, I almost flunked out of college twice, okay? And so now I'm like, no, 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 it's different. When you really are in a place where you want to learn and you're excited and you get your act together, I am a radically different student than what I was before. And that's the beauty of adult learning. You want to learn. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to choose a little bit more of your spending on what subjects and how to kind of work it into your everyday life, it's magical. So that is too funny. She said that. Okay. All right. So Lisa, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn, but you're also welcome to give me an email. I don't know if Tracy, if you want to put that. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Just if you want to connect with Tremendous Lisa, learn more about her and and just have her in your network of people. Uh, Lisa, where are you located at it? So I am near Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. About half an hour-ish west of Cleveland. And I am available often if anybody just wants to chat about some ideas. I would love to learn from you and gather some of those thoughts because I'm sure that everybody listening right now has so much to offer. And I would be grateful to be able to speak with anybody. So yeah, shooting me an email would be the best way. That's awesome, Lisa. Well, Lisa, thank you just so much. This has just been such a time of getting to know you more, reconnecting. We're in between class breaks right now. You're getting ready to start again. And I am just so excited. I'm so blessed to have you in my life. I'm so excited with what you shared and for what's next for you. Thank you so much. I am as well. I'm really excited. I'm grateful and I'm excited. I love it. All right. Well, listen to our tremendous fans. It is time for us to bid adieu. But if you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. And how about sharing this with somebody that needs to hear Lisa's wonderful words of wisdom about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And if you would do us the honor of a review, we would be so thankful too. Never forget, you're going to be the same person five years from now, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. As long as you keep doing that, you are going to be more than ready, willing, and able to pay the price of leadership. Thank you all so much for tuning in and have a tremendous rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.